0: Touchdown Los Angeles. You are
1: Locked On Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast. But yes, it's Locked On Rams. Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams. You guys know what it is. It's crossover week here on the podcast. so We're getting together with all the guys of the NFC West. So we've got another great conversation. Yesterday we went over the defense. So head back and check that out. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. Hit the subscribe button. Reach out to us. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, We're going to be putting up some of these Twitter polls along the week to kind of have you guys participate and vote along with us as we do best offensive player from the NFC West, best defensive player of the NFC West, which we talked over yesterday. So if you missed that podcast, go back. We're also going to be talking about uh, the best coaches in the NFC West. We're taking out the head coach and we're going to look at some of other position coaches. You may be surprised on who I vote for uh representing the Rams for best coach coming into 2020 or at least Uh, a coach that we are going to definitely need to be involved if we want to be successful. But today we are looking at the offenses, so we are going to kick over to that conversation. It's led by Bo Brock of Lockdown Cardinals. We also have Corbin Smith of Lockdown Seahawks and Brian Peacock, who is Lockdown 49ers and the host of our national show, Lockdown NFL. So make sure to go give that a follow and a listen as well as they are highlighting hosts from around the country, as well as talking the big stories of the day across the NFL. They do a great job on Lockdown NFL with Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. But for today, we're diving in to the offensive category. We're going to be talking about all the teams in the NFC West, who is the player to watch out for in 2020. Is it Jared Goff? Is it Robert Woods? Is it Cooper Cup? Is it the trio of running backs coming into this season? You'll find out what my answer is later in the show. So with that said, I'm going to kick it over to Bo Brock, and he's going to run us through today's episode, Tuesday edition, Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. We appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, led by yours truly, as we take a look at the coaches in the NFC West.
0: Continuing our week of crossover division specials. It's the NFC West locked on Cardinals, locked on Niners, locked on Rams, locked on Seahawks and the respective hosts. I'm Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Rack, Brian Peacock, of course, locked on Niners and locked on NFL Corbin Smith of locked on Seahawks and Brad bear Matter of locked on Rams. And we're here to start ramping up the offensive discussion. As far as the division goes yesterday, we were breaking down the defense You've got uh, our player of a year candidates from each and every team. I selected Chandler Jones for the Arizona Cardinals. Finally time to put some respect on Chandler Jones names. Also Aaron Donald of the Rams, Nick Bosa of the Niners and Quandre Diggs, the surprise addition to the list from Corbin Smith. Make sure you're following locked on NFL on Twitter. And of course, all of our respective Twitter accounts to see the votes out there each and every day this week, excited to uh, break this one down this week and guys, I, I gotta be honest with you. As uh, is, is many talented players there are on the defensive side of the football that we mentioned yesterday, equally if not more talented players on the offensive side. Uh, Brian Peacock, one of the teams uh, I, I'm more intrigued by and in how they'll do offensively, is uh, you know manned by Kyle Shanahan, the offensive guru himself, as the 49ers. What's your kind of overall outlook, and let's get this thing started as far as your selection for the NFC West premier offensive player of 2020.
2: Yeah, man. I, when you think about how good the NFC West is, I think it's by far the best division in football. And when you do a um, an exercise like this, and we heard some of the names that were named out there yesterday on this podcast for the best defensive players in the league, you're like, oh yeah, wow, this is a powerhouse division. And there's no, there's no easy Any games like there's going to be no games that are easy in the NFC West this year for teams that are outside the division playing one of these four teams or those uh, games inside the division as well. And looking at the offensive side of the ball, it's no different. There's stars on every single roster. And for the 49ers, uh, it's really hard not to pick the quarterback who I think is going to be because we're looking at 2020 here. We're not picking who was the best player in 2019. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, uh, still has a ceiling to reach. He's only played 16 games in a season one time and he took his team to the Super Bowl last year. I think there's a lot more ahead. And for the fact that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said, no, thank you to the greatest of all time in maybe maybe the second greatest to, to Joe Montana of all time in Tom Brady and saying no to him because they wanted to keep their guy in Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I, that says a lot, but Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in the NFL, even though he did not play last year, uh, Kyle check's the best tight end in football, or the best uh, fullback in football. But it's the tight end. It's George Kittle. Uh, he's the best offensive player on the 49ers. It's arguable, and there's a debate between 49ers fans if he's the best player on the team, period. Uh, to me, it's George Kittle. What he can do in the run game, what he can do as a receiver after the catch, he's such a dynamic weapon for Kyle Shanahan's offense and is perfect for Kyle Shanahan's offense the way he schemes guys open. Gives them a little space to create after the catch, and nobody does it better as a tight end, and even better than a lot of wide receivers, George Kittle. His blocking ability, I think, is something that people around the league and nationally don't really understand how good he is and how impactful George Kittle is. When he was out last year, the 49ers averaged two yards less per carry running the football than when George Kittle's in the game. That's how good he is. He can handle defensive ends he can get out on the second level and block people he relishes contact he loves the physicality of the game the way he plays the the exuberance he plays with it it really just I mean it's contagious throughout the locker room on the field off the field George Kittle is so important to the 49ers and when he breaks the tight end market with his next contract uh, don't be surprised how much money he makes, and he will be worth it. The 49ers can't pay George Kittle enough. And that's how important he is. That's how good of a player he is. For, for me, with all the good players in the 49ers roster, uh, it's pretty easy for me to nominate George Kittle as the best offensive player in the NFC West.
0: Do you get the sense there's some pressure this year, extra pressure on George Kittle with the exit of Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel with the foot injury? He's going to be a little bit slow getting back into things for him to perform immediately, like right out of the gates if things, uh, you know, kick off September 13th as planned?
2: Yeah, I think it puts more pressure on Garoppolo and Shanahan and the rest of the offense to find other ways to make big plays and other ways to move the ball, because if you're a defensive coordinator and you play the 49ers in week one, and and by the way, it is your team, Bo Brock, that the 49ers will be playing week one, the Arizona Cardinals... I mean, put your, put four players on George Kittle, right? Like do everything you can to stack the middle of the field, have extra eyes on George Kittle and say, go ahead, beat us outside with, uh, you know, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, you'll take those matchups outside. You're going to stack the box against the run. You're going to put as many safeties and linebackers and Isaiah Simmons is in the middle of the field as you can to have eyes on George Kittle. So I think you'll do what. Teams will do whatever they can to take him away early in the season if Debo Samuel is not there. So it's going to be more pressure, I think, on the rest of the roster to play against stacked boxes in the run and for those wide receivers outside to get open and make plays because I think every defense has to come in thinking, okay, how 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 can we limit George Kittle? And it's not that easy to do because he's so good in so many facets of the game.
0: Yeah, well said. And the NFC West, I think I saw in a power rankings as far as the tight end position were ranked second only behind the AFC West, which features, of course, Travis Kelsey. You've got Hunter Henry for the Chargers, Noah Fant of Denver. Uh was it uh is it Waller there for Darren Waller for the for the Raiders? Very talented group there. But outside of that, only uh only one division ahead of the NFC West as far as those tight ends, and only one division in a rankings as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. The NFC South had a better quarterback crop than the NFC West, which of course features Jimmy G, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, who's looking for a bounce back year in 2020. And that's why I go to Brad Bear Motter where there's been a lot of turnover as far as the LA Rams are concerned in that offense. Todd Gurley exits. He's in now a member of the Atlanta Falcons. Brandon Cooks is now a member of the Houston Texans. So are we looking to Goff to rebound this year? Or is there somebody else as far as this Rams offense that we need to kind of take note of who's going to take the division by storm and get Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell, and that Rams offense back to where it was a couple seasons ago?
1: Yeah, this is a big season for Jared Goff coming back. As you talked about that bounce back year, that is much needed for him. Struggle last year, but there was struggle in, in multiple areas, right? Never, no consistency in the run game. I go back to this a lot. I think it was week 11-12 Sean McVay said in a press conference we don't have an offensive identity yet which was troubling at that point of the season uh we had a bunch of injuries on that offensive line we expect Jared Goff to bounce back and we need him to bounce back as you mentioned some of those uh, departures from this offense I don't think I have him as the offensive uh, leader for this Ramstein as much as he, he can be And if he has that bounce back, most likely he will be that leader. But I think it goes to some of these other players uh, with potential of breakout. Obviously, there's Cam Akers, uh, the Rams' first draft pick in this most recent draft, expected to tote the rock a good amount of time. Daryl Henderson, who was their pick last year, they moved up in the draft to go get. Uh, You got Robert Woods, who probably is on one of the best wide receiver deals in the NFL as far as value goes. Uh, the Rams have gotten so much out of him as far as consistency, stepping up, playing, not being injured like some of the other players on the roster. Uh, but I think where it comes down to as well as one more player I want to mention is Tyler Higby had a crazy finish the season. Those last five games where he racked up over, you know, 700 yards and and put up a massive amount of touchdowns near the end of the year and finally looked like, Hey, this, this guy could be a big part of the offense. But I think really where this offense Uh, is going to be constantly moving and is going to be the quiet leader. As much as I picked Aaron Donald on the defense side of the ball, the guy just kind of goes in there, does his job. Uh, The offensive version of that, in my eyes, is Cooper Cup. I mean, this is a guy last year who led the league in slot receptions with 69 receptions, was actually tied with Julian Edelman. uh, Most yards from the slot as well, 853 Uh, Looking at what he is when he's there versus when he's not there, he had had some injuries in the past seven and a half yards per play with Cooper Cup on the field 5.3 yards per play without him he is going to be a valuable asset for Jared Goff, if he's looking to bounce back third down uh, targets inside the 30 he's third in the NFL. Uh, third and long he's second in the NFL as far as targets and receptions 24 only Keenan Allen has more Jared Goff is constantly you always say uh, you know you hear in the Rams nation it's third and cup when we come to the line because it is find where Cooper is at and get it done he's one of those leaders in the locker room as well that just does it in his work ethic shows it by how he puts the details into the game. I think that's very infectious across the board, just like Aaron on the defense side of the ball, Uh, the amount of work that he puts in. He's a smart football player. He gets open. He's a great route runner. After the catch, he's amazing. Uh, So all those things put together, I think hands down Cooper Cup, when healthy, and if he can be healthy again like he was last year, will be the offensive MVP for the Rams in 2020.
0: Anybody we're overlooking as far as that Rams offense is concerned? You did mention Akers, the new addition through the draft. Of course, uh, I mean, we, we're looking at, maybe we talk about tight ends so much. We, we've got, to, of course, the Kittle submission from Brian, of course, of locked on Niners. Anybody we're looking, overlooking as far as Los Angeles is concerned? And maybe how Kevin O'Connell, the newcomer, calling plays now with Sean McVay, will he utilize that position a little bit more. Yeah,
1: very much. And and that is going to be the interesting thing with Kevin O'Connell coming on board. There were many of times where Sean McVay got away from himself in a game plan and forgot about the likes of Todd Gurley in that running game. And yes, there were the questions of the injury. And I'm so excited to have an injury-free backfield at this point and that they can call the plays however they like. But I think if you're looking at a guy that, you know, as a potential big breakout and I, I roughly mentioned or I briefly mentioned him uh, at the end before I went into Cooper Cup, but that's got to be Tyler Higbee. Uh, the, the way that he has just kind of bounced off the screen in those last five games, uh, putting up over 700 yards of receiving and really one of the first tight ends to put up five games of 100 yards in a row. Uh, this is a massive growth for him. I mean, if you're looking back, the highest uh, reception mark that he had in his first three years was 25 back in 2017. He finished with 69 catches in 2019 so is that growth real or does that go back to what we talked a little bit about yesterday and we had the Arizona Cardinals twice and and that tight end group uh, on the defense side of the ball really kind of set him up that's where he exploded out in Arizona with one of his first big games uh, so is it a uh, was it a matchup situation dream of last year or is this something where the Rams and the offense are going to try to find a way to get him into the game yards after catch were amazing for him last year Um, And I think if we can involve him as a tight end, he could be in discussion as one of the better tight ends. Obviously, George Kittle being the offensive player for the 49ers, he's got a long way to get to that level. But I think he can very much be in that discussion of, you know, in that top tier in the NFC West if he can deliver the way he finished last year.
0: Brian Peacock locked on Niners, Brad Bear Motter locked on Rams with their submissions for the NFC's best offensive player in 2020. It's your locked on NFC West division crossover series up next. Will Corbin Smith of locked on Seahawks again, kind of uh, surprise us with the selections of Seahawks top offensive player in the NFC West. Or is he going to go with the no brainer? And I make the Cardinals nominee, which is Kind of get a little bit tougher to make after this offseason. Cardinals adding another elite offensive player. We'll get into that debate next. It's locked on Cardinals, Niners, Rams, and Seahawks. you your Locked On NFC West Division crossover series continuing. Yesterday it was the defensive players in the conference or in the division, I should say. Today, it's the offensive side. and I got lucky enough to host this episode because the Cardinals offense, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of hype behind quarterback Kyler Murray. Is he my nominee or is it the newcomer DeAndre Hopkins coming over in an absolute train robbery of an acquisition from the Houston Texans? DeAndre Hopkins for that bad David Johnson contract a second round pick and a fourth round pick. We'll see. But first I want to get Corbin Smith, of course, of locked on Seahawks, his nomination for Seattle's top offensive player
3: in the division. Corbin, what are your thoughts, man? So I surprised everybody a little bit yesterday with my defensive pick, but there's no way that I'm going to pick anyone not named Russell Wilson. I'm not picking anybody else. I mean, (laughs) this team goes as far as Russell Wilson takes them, and last year he really pushed that to the limit because this team was trailing for – the majority of their games in the second half. And Russell Wilson always found a way to will his team on top. And that's why they ended up with an 11 and five record. They could have won a couple more games than that. They were in every game. And the real only real exception there was the loss of the Rams in December, but uh, otherwise lights out 30 touchdown passes, For the fourth time in five years, he was an MVP candidate for a good chunk of the season until Lamar Jackson decided, I'm going to do things no other quarterback has ever done before, and unanimously was selected as the MVP. But Russell Wilson, you could make an argument, was the second best quarterback behind him in the NFL. Mahomes had some games that he missed, obviously. If Mahomes plays all 16 games, then we're having a three-player discussion there, but He only threw a handful of interceptions. He didn't have one the first seven games of the season, so he was lights out. He wasn't turning over the football. He can still run a little bit, not like he did when he first came into the league, but he's still a threat with his legs, and they'll mix in some read options occasionally. Very few players out there that can improvise on broken plays like he can out there on the field and defensive players hate to try to pass rush against him even at the age of 31 he is still a dynamite weapon back there so this team only will go as far as Russell Wilson carries them now as far as other players that I could have maybe considered here DK Metcalf I think has a chance to really explode in year two had 900 receiving yards as a rookie and he had 50 something receptions An outstanding first year ended up proving a lot of the doubters wrong that we're worried about his three cone drill doesn't really matter when you're six foot three 230 pounds, and you can run like Usain Bolt out there on the field, you're going to get the ball downfield to him and that's what the Seahawks ended up doing and of course I got to mention Chris Carson here as well back to back seasons top five in the NFL in rushing yardage over 1,200 rushing yards last year. This team still loves to run the football as much as any team in the league, and some fans are upset about that, but Chris Carson has been at rock solid the last two years. He's found the end zone 18 times total improved as a receiver last year. The only thing he's got to fix is putting the football on the ground, fumbled way too many times, in 2019 but those two guys I mentioned Tyler Lockett as well thousand plus yard season last year Will Disley's a player to keep a close eye on if he could just stay healthy he's been fantastic in the 10 games he's played in his first two seasons but this is Russell Wilson's team I can't pick anybody else for this nomination
0: Corbin, let me ask you this because you kind of covered all the bases, except let's look at the offensive line in the NFC West. If it does have its downfall, I think the Niners probably have the most talented O-line in the division. But other than that, the other three teams trailing, not too impressive. And Wilson joined Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan as the quarterbacks that were sacked the most in 2019, 48 times. At least Kyler, I don't know if this is an at least thing to say, but Kyler was responsible for a lot of those sacks, at least half of those sacks. I don't think Russell Wilson can say the same. What's the state of the Seahawks' offensive line? Has it improved this offseason, in your opinion? Will it make things a little bit easier on their MVP candidate quarterback?
3: So, on the surface, you would think this offensive line is going to be worse than last year because they're breaking in up to four new starters compared to last year. But what I find really interesting is – they've brought in a couple linemen in free agency that I think are better in pass protection than run blocking. That's going away from what they've done in the in the past. And B.J. Finney, their new starting center, most likely going to be their new starting center, he is outstanding in pass pro, over 1,000 offensive snaps the last couple of years and only gave up two sacks in that span. So as far as protecting Russell Wilson, I'm on the optimistic side. I like some of the additions they've made. And then if you're looking to boost the run game, Damian Lewis, their third-round pick out of LSU, he is a monster in the run game. Drives people off the ball. The best offensive line in college football last year at LSU. And he just plays with a nasty spirit. So I I think that there's a lot of potential with this group. You've still got Dwayne Brown at left tackle. If he's healthy, he's still a very good player. Just unfortunately battled bicep and knee issues last year. But I think this group could end up surprising some people. But – you can see why pro football focus is picking them right now as the 28th best line because there are so many moving parts and you didn't have OTAs and mini camps to start getting that chemistry together up front.
0: Some good points. And I, I see some similarities, but there's a lot of differences between what's going on in Arizona and in Seattle as far as their offensive lines. The Cardinals are returning kind of the status quo as far as their O-line concerned that surrendered 50 sacks last year. But there is some continuity, something that they haven't had at the position for a long time. You said four potentially four new starters. The Cardinals could have four returning starters, and that could bode well for Kyler Murray. Another year in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And the added addition the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, a three-time all-pro wide receiver, uh, absolutely bolsters their receiving cores. He's my pick for the top offensive player from the Cardinals for the NFC West. He's not. It's his quarterback because Kyler Murray is the absolute beneficiary of Nook coming to the NFC West and striking fear into opposing defenses. Kyler Murray, he's a lot of hype surrounding Kyler. He's tied for six best as a a betting favorite to win the NFL MVP in 2020. Continue a recent run of breakout second-year quarterbacks. We've heard Mahomes' names. We've heard Jackson's name, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Even Mitchell Trubisky had a solid second season. And a lot of people are riding the hype train behind Kyler Murray to do that as well. And with DeAndre Hopkins being in an offensive-minded system like cliff kingsbury i think kyler murray absolutely can do that kind of a pedestrian first year but still took home the hardware as your nfc or your nfl offensive rookie of the year he joined cam newton as the only quarterbacks in the rookie seasons to pass for over 3,500 yards and rush for 500 yards accurate he joined kurt warner as far as your franchise uh passing uh percentage marks he passed for nearly 65 percent last year so pretty accurate at throwing the football and throwing the deep ball as well. And adding the addition of uh, having the addition of Deandre Hopkins is even going to help that even more. So I'm all, all, all aboard the Kyler Murray hype crane. And I want to kind of give more of my time to you guys and kind of get the, read the room and get the perception on the from the outsiders. As far as what you feel, if Kyler Murray can be the guy that everybody's hyping him up to be uh, a potential MVP candidate.
2: I will say that. I, it's, I'm starting to be frightened by what that Cardinals offense can do. And the most impressive part of it was that Cliff Kingsbury scrapped his initial game plan early in the season. So uh, the fact that he could learn quickly on the job and realized, okay, this is what I want to do. That's not qu- quite going to work. We're going to have to do things this way. And then you add DeAndre Hopkins to that offense. Um, that is... It's a scary proposition, and I and I think that just seeing a second-year growth from Kyler Murray alone was going to be scary, and um, they're, they're going to be that much better across the board. I think their offensive line is going to be improved. I like what they did in the draft there as well. They got a steal in round three. So, yeah, I, I don't want to play against the Cardinals. I, I think that's going to be the type of team they are. I don't know if they're going to be ready as a team to go make huge waves, and in this division, it's going to be so difficult to make the playoffs, but uh, I'm with you. I would still, as good as DeAndre Hopkins is. Almost just because he's a quarterback and because what he could potentially be, if you're looking ahead to 2020, I might have to give the nod to Kyler Murray as well. But um, I think some people will be saying, hey, you're you're disrespecting one of the best, if not the best wide receivers in the league too," and DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Bear Corbin, any thoughts on, on Kyler Murray? I mean, the one thing
3: I will say is I think that there's one name we're forgetting here that maybe is worth mentioning. I know he's at the end of his career, but Larry Fitzgerald hasn't had a weapon like Hopkins next to him. So if he's going to be your second receiver, maybe even third with Christian Kirk being there, I imagine that it's going to be a lot easier for him trying to get open than what it has been in prior seasons and so I don't know that he's necessarily going to be your offensive MVP but but I could see if this is his last season I could see Fitzgerald having one last really great season with all the weapons they put around him yeah I'm excited to see
1: the jump as as Brian was talking about can they put it together to make that jump where they you know, are a big news story where he can get up to being in the conversation for an MVP type talk. Uh, Because looking back in our division, you saw the Rams and Sean McVay's first year go from four wins to 11. Obviously, the Niners in recent years going from four wins to, you know, running into the Super Bowl there. Uh, So is it the time for the Arizona Cardinals in year two, I kind of put that together to kind of make that big jump or is it one more smaller step before the big jump and we're ready to see Kyler really be kind of one of those forefront faces in the NFL but you're right man if you're looking around him as far as the talent and uh, you know Corbin talked about uh, Larry Fitzgerald he was third on that list in most slot receptions in 2019 with 60. Uh, it's going to definitely help him with uh, Nuke on the other side and and just kind of growth year for Kyler Murray. So uh, is it doable? Yes. Do I see it next year? I think we're still a year or two away from where he starts to really dominate and becomes that national uh, talk for an MVP type type of year.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right there. I mean, there there are some interesting things. As much as they're the same as, as he can follow in the footsteps of Jackson and Mahomes, those are two guys that walked right into a playoff team. You know, I mean, Mahomes took over. He was the successor for Alex Smith and then Jackson he was in a playoff. Uh, he was on a playoff team his rookie year. And then he had his monster season last year. Cardinals won five games last year. He's not exactly, you know, uh, in the shotgun for Andy Reid or John Harbaugh. It's Cliff Kingsbury who between last year and the big 12 has not had a winning season in three years. So there are a couple other variables that go against Kyler Murray. But the second year success, I mean, that's a real thing. When you look at the last 10 first round quarterbacks, uh, only like Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, I I believe, are are, are the minority of the group that didn't win or make a playoff or end up over 500 in their second season. That even includes Mitchell Trubisky. So uh, Kyler Murray is in a good spot. I don't know, MVP caliber. You got to win a lot of games to win the MVP. You know, on average, 13 games uh, per MVP the last decade. Maybe not MVP in his his near future, but he's certainly going to be the Cardinals' top offensive player. And as Kyler goes, this team will go, and it's going to be a fun year, especially offensively for the Arizona Cardinals. It's been fun uh, breaking down the top offensive players in the division per your Locked On host, Brian Peacock, his selection for the 49ers, George Kittle, the tight end. Brad bear moderate Cooper cup for the Los Angeles Rams. And of course, danger Russ Wilson, Corbin Smith, the Seahawks selection from lockdown Seahawks and my selection, Kyler Murray. If you missed yesterday's episode, check it out where we selected our top defensive players in the division. That's Monday's episode. Tomorrow. We're going to get in some coaching discussions. Cliff Kingsbury going to be the Cardinals premier coach. As he goes, the Cardinals go and around the division as well. Check us all out, Locked On Seahawks, Niners, and Rams as Cardinals as well. Follow us all on Twitter. Looking forward to talking to you guys tomorrow, continuing our division crossover series right here on Locked On Cardinals, Niners, Rams, and Seahawks. Part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That was Bo Brock taking us out, getting you guys ready and amped for tomorrow's show,
1: where your boy, Bear Matter, is leading the way, talking about the best coaches in the NFC West outside of the head coach we'll find out what everyone has to say tune in tomorrow as we get into that discussion we've got more great shows coming up this week as we dive in to also the breakout players as well as what is this division looking like how it's going to shake out our predictions on the division coming on friday so stay with us but with that said rams nation you know what it is until next time
3: Peace.